is the time that we all been waiting on. The moment all the naysayers been hating on. See, they've been talking down on us and flexing. It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan. A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up. But not the boys on Kirby, so you can pack it up. Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole city. All right, welcome to another episode of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans, and also now the exclusive podcast for the Facebook page, Houston Texans Fans, that just happened the other day. We're super excited about that. Uh, I am your host, young Ari Gold. I have the Garnet Texan, John Wade, with me. How's it going, people? Uh, not as good as uh, as you, I guess. Uh, broken finger, um, playing softball, bone was poking out. Had to have a surgery on Friday, and here we are recording a podcast. You're like, uh, you're like JJ Watt of the podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I, I even went uh, two for three for the rest of the game, pretty much swinging wow. the bat one handed. I'm not a very smart man. That's just proof of it. And then, yeah, they gave me some good drugs, uh, ripped my fingernail off, stitched me all back together, and. Here I am. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that we were able to at least do this podcast before you head out and give the give the people some uh, some information. So um, obviously not a lot going on other than training camp right now. <clears throat> um, but before we get into training camp, uh, Marcus Gilchrist was in for a visit with the Texans. Obviously, there are a lot of questions at the safety position. Um, Marcus Gilchrist, in my opinion, would be a good signing. I, I like what he does. Uh, but the injury concerns are just it's just there i mean yeah it's just there i mean they went to the triple a team clemson and found another <laughs> another player to bring in yeah wasn't he a second round pick yeah. as a as a cornerback though he's yep. another one of those converted players finished out his rookie finished out his rookie contract um i believe it was with was it with the chargers yeah and then with his next contract, he just kept getting hurt. Actually, I don't think he finished his full contract. I think he got cut, and then the Jets picked him up. I thought he finished out, but I could be wrong. I don't know. That, I don't know enough about him. I'm pretty sure that was the case. I think he played two or three years with the uh, Chargers, and then they cut him. And then because he got hurt, and then the Jets signed him, he had like 13 games and then hurt again. Yep, sounds about right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I like what he brings when healthy. We don't really have an answer at safety. I think our front seven is and our corners are so good that you could almost plug in anybody. But if you could plug in somebody that's you know better than an average safety and get more out of them, that would be a plus. Um, I do think it's kind of telling because he's the type the type of player that he is that we're bringing in to look at him. This isn't like us bringing in or the other week or is a game changer. Yeah. If we brought him in and signed him, you find a spot for a player like him. Absolutely. Gilchrist is more of the type of player that we have a spot, we have a need. So that's my interpretation of it. It's looks like the safeties really aren't playing as well as they need to. Um, what I've heard so far is Dylan's looking pretty good when he gets to hit people. And Drummond's looking pretty good. And Drummond's looking pretty, pretty good. Pleasant's what we expected. Um, our boy Lonnie, as much as we want him to stand out, he's... Apparently not quite grasping the mental part of the game yet. Um, apparently, from what Which I've read, weird. from what I've read and what I've seen, it's like when he hits somebody, he looks great. And there's moments where he looks great, but he's just struggling in coverage. They do need to get that position shirt up here soon. Um, I mean, Corey Moore, I, I hear good things about him as well. So I, it sounds like it could potentially be like Corey Moore, Pleasant, 
Drummond as the three that are basically battling it out yeah. for that's that second safety spot. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see. They could also be potentially waiting for any surprise cuts once the once the rest of the teams cut down to their fifty three. I mean, there's always you know a handful of guys that get cut at the you know right towards the end that you're surprised about. So yeah. maybe it could be a plug and play kind of like what we did with Dems and things like that. Um, well, what we need from the safety position is we need somebody that plays good fundamental safety that's always in the right spot. That's all Demps was last year. That's all he was. And he just played the position like he was supposed to, and it was almost like magic. He would get an interception. Yeah. And pretty much we're looking for that same sort of thing. We don't need someone that's going to go out there and freelance. We don't need somebody that's going to go out there and just light everybody up as an extra linebacker or anything like that. Those things would be nice, but they're not an absolute need. And bringing in a veteran like Gilchrist, where that's what he plays, he would play fundamentally solid safety. He's not going to light anybody up, but he would probably be a little bit better in coverage than some of the guys we currently have. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, he left without a deal. So I, my assumption would be that we just decided not to, yeah. to bring him in, uh, considering that training camp's going on right now. Um, uh, another in other news as well as you know in in you know reference to training camp still still no Dwayne Brown, um, so it looks like I was wrong. He won't be here this week. Um, I don't know when he'll be here. Uh, I know his wife Dev Devi Dev is what they call her in the hip hop community is in Houston this weekend, um, so maybe he. She accepted some award today, so maybe he's there with her and he's going to fly out tomorrow. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I, I think this could go on for the rest of camp. I think this is going to go on for the rest of camp, especially with everything that we're hearing about our offensive line. And it's God awful. Uh, God awful is a little bit strong. Uh, <laughs> OK, God awful against our front seven. God awful. Better wording. God awful against three players in particular. Um, Merciless Clowney and Watt. McKinney. Watt is what's yeah. not actually out there. He's what? not actually he's not participating. Yeah, he was not in the padded. Yeah, he did. This is the first day of pads. He had him on. He was out there. He was out there in pads, but he wasn't actually taking part. Huh? I could have sworn in his press conference when he was talking about, you know, being able to strap he's on out the pads there. and get out there and get he's going. out there practicing. He's out there running drills. But when they were lining him up, he wasn't he wasn't doing like the goal line. He wasn't. doing. Oh, like the yeah, seven yeah, and yeah. Seven. OK, OK. Like. So Watt's not actually the one that's out there causing issues for him. It's McKinney, Merciless, and Clowney. And Clowney apparently looks like a man possessed right now. Which is awesome. So does that mean that our offensive line is awful or our defense is playing with purpose? I think it's probably a combination of the two, to be honest. Yeah, it probably is. I mean, it's hard to judge anybody when they're going up against them. And again, the whole knock has always been on Clowney's if he's playing with purpose. And right now... He's got something lit under him, so I don't think any offensive lineman's really going to look that great against them. Yeah, I don't really think there's much that we can do. Um, I mean, we just have a lot of guys that, have, first of all, haven't started and gone up the talent and the caliber of the front seven that we have. You know, Giacomone or whatever his name is and <laughs> and uh, Kendall Lamb, even though he faces him every year, you know, in, in practice and things like that. But he's he's never been a starter, so now he's going up against him every day, every single rep. Um, oh, this is one of those things where we talked about a little bit last week where iron sharpens iron, but maybe not. Maybe because they're being so disruptive, our offense is 
they're kind of screwing up our offense. Our offense isn't getting a chance to actually practice. I mean, it's what it's sounding like. Yeah, it's what it's sounding like. I mean, Watson, I think, got sacked like three times today. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they didn't actually get to hit Watson, but um, they called the play dead before you can get to Watson. They could get to Watson. But um, yeah, it's I don't know. I, I do think that our, our front seven is that good for it to be an issue for a offensive line in general. So when you're not very good, you're going to look worse. I can't wait for mixed practices. I can't wait for when we practice against the Patriots or somebody like that, because right now it's kind of depressing. It's kind of scary, of course. Well, the Patriots don't really have a pass rush either. So yeah. it'll be nice to see how they do do against their first string uh, defensive line. So I agree. Yeah, It'll, it'll be a, a better telling sign of our offensive line next week when we do do that compared to who, you know, they're going against Clowney and McKinney and Merciless right now. I mean, we're 10 days away from our first preseason game. I think that'll be a little bit more telling. Yeah. Uh, Word out of camp right now. Savage looks the best. Yep. Had a bad day today. He's had up and down, but he looks the best. Him and Hopkins look like they have something special going on. Which is good. Uh, Watson. Up and down like a rookie. He looks like a rookie, but apparently his attitude and he's showing improvement. He's not making the same mistakes over and over. And that's one of the things that Bill O'Brien keeps harping on is the fact that he's he's not making the same mistakes yep. that he's learning from the mistakes and moving on. So that's good. I mean, for, you know, it's only, you know, only what, five, six, seven, you know, practices at training camp. I mean, it's good to see that he's at least learning enough to know not to do that, whatever it would be. Um, and he's also overthrowing a little bit too, not putting the ball where it needs to be a hundred percent of the time. But Savage is also having a little bit of the same issues the last couple of days. So they were also practicing in the downpour. Yep. Which, Makes it a little bit harder to throw to throw football. But I'm glad that they did. Yeah. I'm glad that they did. I mean, you know, I remember reading the story about Peyton Manning used to just he would he would make Jeff Saturday practice in the rain just so he knew how to grip a football in the rain in case he ever encountered it. And I'd also like to point out that compared to last year, it's amazing how much different the coverage is. La- this year, our team's practicing better. Our offense is practicing better. But you would never know it from the coverage. Right. Um, last year they were constantly talking about, I don't want to say his name. You shouldn't just say 17. (laughs) Talking about 17 and talking about his inaccuracies. And it's like, oh, well, he's just having an issue grasping the offense, but there was incredibly positive. It's like he's struggling grasping the offense, but we're seeing steps. We're seeing what he brings. We're seeing the leadership that he brings, blah, blah, blah. Which he did, which he did have in all fairness. I mean, he he definitely like I'm telling you, if if you talk about a leader and how you carry yourself until the end, until the end, if you take away the the, he played the part, he played the part enough. He played the part. But when you can't, he was people weren't going to buy into you. It's just the way it is. He wasn't really a leader. He wasn't naturally a leader. Right things, but he knew what to say. Yeah, he's that guy that he's that awesome guy at the office that you're like, oh, this guy's really cool. I think. Yeah. Maybe, but there's just something a little bit off with them. Yeah. And he's always like, hey, buddy, I want to get you beer. And you're like, I don't want to get a beer. Yeah. And then he's like, I'll buy it for you. And you're like, oh, OK. Yeah, no. I mean, that he's that guy. I would agree. And to me, it's just telling how much different the coverage has been. Um, but who knows? I mean, we really don't know until we see the first preseason game. And then you really don't learn a really lot during second, the preseason. Yeah. Um, watching preseason games is you're not really watching the starters. You're watching a vanilla defense, vanilla offense. Yeah. 
except for maybe us, because we're going to have news, a new quarterback like sure. last year. And also remember last year, Savage was the best quarterback in preseason. Absolutely. Just not only that in camp. I mean, mm-hmm. I went to, I think, four open practices. By far the best quarterback. I saw there Brock was, couldn't. Brock, once I realized Brock couldn't throw outside. Damn it. I said it. <laughs> oh, well. You feel dirty? Well, yeah, I do. I need to go get you some soap? Yes. Once I noticed that Brock couldn't throw outside the numbers, that was enough for me. I think I saw him get picked off like two or three times just during practice where he just couldn't make that throw outside the numbers. And Hopkins lives outside. That's just that's just Hopkins game. That's how he's always been. Um, and previous quarterbacks have been able to put it to where he's the only guy that can actually get to the ball um, and sat and not savage. But Brock was not able to do it. And he just it seemed that, you know, we talk about velocity with Watson prior to the draft and things like that. But it looked like Brock just couldn't put enough on the ball for those outside throws. Brock was, was just also so, bad placement. Yeah. Brock was just so inconsistent. Yeah. He couldn't get because of how long his arms are, not were. He still has his arms. It's not like he lost them. But how long his arms are, he can't complete short passes, those short timing routes. Right. It takes him so long to wind up and throw it. And with Hopkins, it's a little bit that he couldn't throw it to the outside. And then he was so cautious. If Osweiler made a mistake or realized that he couldn't make that throw, he wouldn't try to make that throw. He would almost forget that that throw even existed. And my theory on Hopkins has always been he plays better after he gets angry. He's got a little bit of that Steve Smith attitude towards him. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, somebody's going to probably beat him for the ball like once or twice. And then after that, he's going to tear him a new one. Like, look at the Colts game two years ago, which was really his breakout game, when the quarterback ripped his undershirt off. Before that, he had one catch. He went on, I think they have like 100, 100, over 150 yards that game. Like he just ate him alive. Yeah. And it was because he got mad. And Brock never gave him the opportunity to get mad. The ball would get broken up and Brock would forget that Hopkins existed. Yeah. So, but before we went off on that, my whole point was also Google last year. When all the quarterback injuries happened towards the end of the year, everybody was like, hey, go hit, hit up the Texans. Try and get Savage for something. Everybody wanted to. That was all the rumors. Yep. So, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm not honestly, I'm not worried about the quarterback position yet. I'm just not. It's too early yeah. for anybody to be up in arms or or excited. Either way, however you're feeling right now, it's too early for any of those emotions right now. Um, the shiny spot so far. Oh, good. What were you we gonna say? I was gonna say I know everybody's super excited. Super excited to see what Watson Watson can do. Yeah. Me but too. This, we I have, see it. We have a Super Bowl level talent talent on our team yep if we're playing watson this year we've already given up on the super bowl like i hate to say it because rookie quarterbacks don't go to the super bowl they don't and we'll probably play savage as long as that's realistic if we get out there with savage and that's not totally realistic we're gonna have to readjust our expectations for the season i wouldn't be surprised if Whedon plays for a little bit i think it all is going to be dependent on where we're at in the standings i think that's all going to play a part I, I think, think if, Whedon would be fun to play just based on what they're saying about him at at a, a training camp. Yeah. I, he's so relaxed and just throwing the ball wherever he wants to. He he He's out there. Know, he knows exactly what his role is. So he does. It's not that he doesn't care, but he goes out there and just relax. And they're just talking about how great he's throwing the ball because he's I, just I, going out there and throwing the ball. I'm not saying that I want Whedon to start, but I can see a scenario where somehow we're winning games and, and it's not because of Tom that Bill decides to make a decision. 
that Brandon Whedon goes in. I don't think Bill O'Brien's going to just put Deshaun out there until Bill O'Brien believes that Deshaun is ready to go out there. I I don't see him doing it. I really don't. And I know everybody's going to be up in arms and and want Deshaun in, but I think you guys need to keep in mind this is the quarterback of the future, not just this year. So you need to take your time and make sure he's ready. We've given up a lot for Watson. We've given up. You got to protect that investment. Yeah. I mean, again, rookie quarterbacks don't go to the Super Bowl. No. It doesn't matter who you are. Typically, rookie quarterbacks don't go as far as Dak Prescott went last night, last year. I mean, that's it's, it's an anomaly. It doesn't and he happen didn't, very And he often. did not win a playoff game. No, he didn't. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. it's not that it's not normal for even that to happen, let alone a Super Bowl. So um, now we hope and pray that we're the exception to the rule. It'd be awesome. I would love but it. We'd be the first time. That'd be the first time it had ever happened. So Look, we just got to manage our expectations. As much as I love Deshaun, I don't think he's going to be ready to go week one. I truly don't. There, this this offense needs to be fully understood for a quarterback to be able to go and operate it efficiently. And there's just too much to learn. I just don't think it's enough time. That's that's just me. And I don't want it. I don't want there to be enough time. I want him. I would love for him. Best case scenario is he sits all year. Best case scenario. And Tom Savage is just a little better than Brock. Literally, that's all we need. Yeah. We just need a little bit better than Brock. We don't need a world beater. We just need somebody that can manage a game, not make turnovers, and drive drive the offense down the field. And not lose his cool. Yeah, I don't think it, Savage doesn't look like somebody that's going to lose his cool. No. If Savage stays healthy, he's going to be better than Brock. I agree. I, I think so, too. There's no doubt in my mind Definitely about that. Definitely got a better arm. Hands down. And if Watson comes in, we're going to enjoy it. We're going to root for him. And we're going to hope and pray that we're the exception to the rule. But we're going to realize that our ceiling's a little bit capped this year. Yeah. And Watson is our future. And I, we expect great things from him in the future. But future's not this year. Yeah, well, and also I think if you're bringing in Deshaun, you're having a bad season, first of all. Secondly, then you have to start wondering about your head coach at that point. Yeah. If it gets to that point. Uh, I'm not in that. I'm not in that, like, party. I don't think that that's the case. I'd rather have another year of Bill O'Brien than blow everything up and start over. But I think the media and, and the fans all would start to say it's time. He, but I don't think Bob McNair is going to say it's time. I, now, Bill O'Brien can maybe say I'm leaving at the end of the season, just walk away. I can see that. I think McNair, I think McNair even five years ago, there's no unless we have a complete and total meltdown. Like, if we go 0-16, okay, then yes. There's a, there's a real good yeah. chance that he's going to be gone. But that that shouldn't happen. If that Our defense is too good to go that far. I mean, if that happens... <laughs> If we seriously went 0 16, then yeah, then there would have to be a lot of changes. We maybe finally get rid of Rick Smith. Well, let's not talk about us going 0 16. Like <laughs> that's just that's not happening. Um, but uh, so some of the other bright spots, though, Braxton Miller, he's he started off strong. He's starting to uh, dwindle here at the end. But the one thing that I'm hearing a lot is that he is understanding the position more. But m- more importantly, he's also understanding our offense more, which is great. Um, I really want to see him excel. What stood out to me is he's not just playing the slot. They're trying to play him outside. Yeah, he played outside. Um, we've got this rookie receiver, Riley McCarron, who's apparently lighting things up from the slot. He's getting separation that no other wide receiver is getting on the field. That's funny. I'm he's just a, telling you. He's, he's a little... That's what they're saying. Apparently, he looks just like Wes Welker. Well, good thing we have Wes Welker on our team. No kidding. But don't we say that every year? Who was the uh, the guy out of... Uh, 
Um, oh, A and M, Lamhart, Lamhart, Travis Lamhart. Yeah, we said the same thing about him. So let's still try and manage that a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, we should manage it. But he is. I mean, honestly, everything I am reading, and I, I can't say the last time I've in the last four or five years heard an undrafted wide receiver make this much noise in Texans yeah. camp, though. Yeah, He's definitely McCarran, getting a lot. Yeah. It's a lot different than Lamhart. Riley McCarron does have a lot better measurables than yeah. Lamhart ever did. But I know we just we always get super Let's excited. We're going to ha- we're going to have our next Wes Welker and we all want to have our own little. We all do. We want to have our own take bill. We we want it. But let's we got to really watch it. Yeah, we got to reel it in a little bit. And I mean, but it is telling, though, that they're trying Miller on the outside, not just in the slot. So, yeah, I think also um, with uh, CJ, they keep saying CJ Fedora. It's, it's just becoming a machine when it comes to just catching the ball and getting separation. Well, as he a tight end. was last year until they took us the t- until the Colts tried to take his head off. No, no, no. Agreed. But I mean, if he can get better, awesome. Yeah. I'm all for it. I think I really he, like him. I think he could be a top 10 tight end. I really actually truly believe I think that. he actually was a top 10 tight end. Was he top 10? I think he was production like last year. yards, I think, or something. Yeah. Like that. The, last year was an awful year for tight ends. Yeah. Well, then there you go. Um, but he's already one of the better run blockers. Absolutely. So he's always going to be on the field. And until the Colts game where they tried to take his head off, he was actually catching the ball. Oh, uh, yeah. After that game, he developed a little bit of alligator arms. So if he can get back to where he was, then then we're going to be doing all right. Yeah. We need somebody like that. We need consistency out of our tight end. It's just it's just it is what it is. A tight end and a running running back could be your quarterback's best friend. So we need a running back that can catch the ball. We have one. Miller can catch. I think he we actually looked it up and he had one drop. Yeah. But the problem year. was all, all we didn't throw to him. Yeah, we didn't throw it to or him. Or if we did, it was in the dirt. It was we averaged two yards of completion yeah. to running backs. Yeah. That's horrible. Well, since we're talking about running backs, one thing that I don't think we've actually talked about yet on this podcast, and it's one thing that I, I want to see change, and I haven't heard anybody talk about it, which is kind of shocking to me, but um, I'm really hoping that O'Brien readjusts the run formations compared to how he was doing it last year. Um, I don't want to see a ton of runs out of shotgun. I don't. I, I just don't think they're successful run plays. Uh, we, I, At least for the personnel that we have, I don't think it works. And when you look at last year, when Lamar Miller had his most of his success, it would be I formation strong formation or single back formation. He was not very good out playing in in the shotgun. Well, they were saying out of camp that one of the things that Brock actually struggled with because he was so tall was going under center. Oh, so maybe that was why. So that might've been a part of it. That might've been a part of it. And I know that we did adjust our offense a little bit last year to be more play action heavy, um, which is typically not, we want to have play action and you always want to have that option. But the way we committed to it was, again, Brock was not very accurate. So we were trying to essentially use the running game to set up an easy pass for Brock. If we have a quarterback that can make quick decisions, three steps, get the ball out and get the ball out with accuracy, then I think we'll see a lot more different types of running plays because it won't all be setting. We won't be trying to disguise the run so much where it could be play action every single time. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I I would agree. I guess my biggest concern is Lamar Miller is not an inside runner. 
use an outside runner. I think occasionally maybe you can run them through the inside, but uh, and now that we have Foreman, you know, obviously that changes things. He can run in the inside and in between the tackles and stuff like that. But um, I, I just don't. It just doesn't seem to work for what we want to do. So I'm hoping that that changes because I don't like running the, when we line up in shotgun or trips and we have our running back in shotgun. It's just to me, it, it didn't work last year. He was getting stuffed every time. And they weren't bouncing him outside either. So well, that was a little bit with uh, Lamar Miller trying to run the ball inside. Um, I think that we'll have more success this year with Foreman running the ball inside regardless. Agreed. I think that Bill O'Brien probably understands how to use the running backs just a little bit better than, than Godsey did. Bill O'Brien was the one that he had um, Ridley and Vereen in New England, and yep. he turned them into turned them into a force. Yep. And he turned Danny Woodhead into a force. Yep. He knows how to use running backs that can catch the ball. That's why they drafted Tyler Irvin. That's why they drafted Tyler Irvin. And right now you got Miller, who can play the Vereen role, and you got Foreman, who can play the Ridley role. And that could be, that should be able to work. Like, we have a better version of Vereen in Miller. I he's would agree. A, he's stronger, faster. Maybe can't catch the ball quite as well. Pretty close. But, I mean, it's more than adequate. Yeah. And then you have a faster version of Ridley and Foreman. And yep. apparently Foreman can catch the ball. Yeah. I, get I told you. I mean, wow. Yeah. Texas never even tried that. No. <laughs> so Ground and pound. You know? So this could be a good mix of running backs. It'll be good to see. It's going to be interesting to see how many running backs we carry this year compared to the last two years. Because I think we've carried five the last two years. So there's a lot of talent on that running back roster. They're going to have to make a tough decision. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays. Um, I mean, Hunt still apparently looks pretty good out there too, and he's the one that I figured was kind of a marked man. I don't think Hunt's going anywhere. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, another another uh, shining spot in training camp, Brendan Scarlett. Yeah, uh, hearing a lot. I'm hearing his name a lot, and it's not just from like State of the Texans or um, anything. It's it's on Twitter. It's you're you're hearing a lot about Brendan Scarlett and how much better he's gotten since last year. Which is great. We lost John Simon. We need another starting outside linebacker. Um, and there's not a lot of competition either. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's kind of why we let Simon walk was the thought was Scarlett was going to take a jump. Because yeah. Scarlett came out. I mean, he was he hurt. He did some things. And then he he was hurt. Didn't hardly ever practice. Game no back. one knew who, who he was. And then games roll around and he's just lighting people up. Yep. Apparently that's continued. And apparently he knows a little bit more. He understands the game a little bit better on top of that now. Yeah. So he'll be exciting to watch. Absolutely. And then I'm, I'm, I haven't heard, and this is the one guy I've wanted to hear more about, um, is, is Dylan Cole. I haven't heard too much about him. I've been reading. I think I read like a paragraph about him. I think I've he, seen I two think tweets. Somebody. Two tweets in a paragraph. Um, from what I can tell is he looks like he's fun to watch. He looks like he's going to be a good contributor on special teams. He's going to make some decisions hard for people. Um, he can cover a running back. So pretty much we've got. And I haven't heard too much about Zach Cunningham either. I mean, I've heard. I haven't about, heard anything about Cunningham. Well, so I read one one. I read one thing about him uh, covering Lamar Miller out of the backfield. And I guess Lamar Miller had multiple steps on him. Yeah. And then he was able to catch up and, and break up the pass. But really, that's all I've heard about. Pretty Cunningham. much. Yeah. The only feedback that I've got on Cunningham is once he starts to understand the defense, he's going to be a beast. But he's nowhere near there yet. Um, I am kind of surprised. I haven't heard anything about Brian Peters. I I have. Oh, yeah. There's been a couple things. Okay, because so he's see somebody he that I kind of pick. Fit. 
He he's our special teams ace, but yeah. I kind of figured that he's going to be out on bubble because we have a lot of depth right yeah. now. Uh, I do think he'll be on the bubble, um, but I think I honestly, I think the there's either going to be there's only going to probably be one special teams superstar that's going to make it, and it's either going to be Alfred Blue or it's going to be Brian Peters. Yeah, I don't think it'll be both. Um, so I don't know, but Brian Peters had a, a big interception, I think, day two. Um, and they were saying that in coverage, he's actually gotten a lot better. Um, and then obviously on special teams, you know, we know exactly what he is. He reminds me a lot of Brayman. Um, not as good. I liked Brayman a lot, but, um, I do like Brian Peters. I think he's good. Yeah. Two years ago, Peters led our team in special teams tackles. Yeah. And then last year we decided against Minnesota, we we're going to have him play kicker. And he messed up his quad, and he wasn't the same all year. Yeah. But he sh- he could be fun. I mean, he was a safety in college. He's, He's somebody not- that I've always thought that he could maybe develop into something. But we'll see. I mean, now there's younger guys, guys with, that are more athletic in quotation marks. But we'll see. Yeah, and then I'm hearing good things about Robert Nelson. Um, He's continuing to progress. Which Force is and great. fumbles. Force and fumbles. He had a couple picks, so... I mean, that's how you get noticed, create turnovers, him and Johnson. So him, Johnson, Kareem, J. Joe, if, you know, Nelson can fill that Bouye void, it'd be extremely nice. Our defense is walking into the season. I would say undoubtedly the number one defense in the league, not just yeah. based on stats for last year. I'm saying as a team, if, if a team had a choice of one team not to face, I would bet a lot of money that 31 teams would pick the Texans. It's got to be us. I, I can I, only, I, I can't think of another team that has, I mean, the Jets have a potential good defense, but nobody's worried about the Jets on offense or, or I just don't think anybody's worried about the Jets. I mean, I like Richardson. I like Leonard well, Williams. The I Broncos like are still there. Rankin. Yeah. Uh, are they? they? They just lost Shane Ray for four to six weeks at least. Um, They're still DeMarcus there. Marcus Ware's gone. They're still there. I mean, ah. I think that we have overtaken them, but I think that just. Because they won a Super Bowl two years yeah. ago, people are like, "Oh, it's the Broncos." And they've got, they still have Von Miller, they still have the two cornerbacks. Yeah, um, one of Tyler's probably gonna fall off this year, though. He's their whole, definitely get. They've got a new coordinator, though. Yeah, I know. So that would be one point in favor that I'd give with the Texans. I know we have a new coordinator, but it's yeah, it's not a brand new coordinator. Yeah. It's taking a system that's already in place. And then you always want to watch out for whatever team Wade Phillips goes to, so the Rams might be interesting. They oh, they'll be interesting for sure. Seattle always is a team that people are always putting up there with with defense. I think over the at least based on last season, yeah. I don't think they're that good. Well, they're starting to get caught up too because they have all those great players. Right. They're beginning to bleed their depth. Yep. And they're going to have not be able to afford some of them either. Yep. So they're so we should be the defense that is on the rise. I think we are actually, we're already there. Yeah. We still have a lot of youth. Um, I mean, worst case scenario is JJ Watt is no longer the number one defensive player in the, in the league. And he's still an above average defensive player. I mean, we were number one last year without him at all. It's going to be interesting to see how Vrabel can get all three of those guys going at the same time. Yeah. Well, a lot of if what he ma- can, because a lot of what JJ does is freestyling pretty yeah. much. It's doing what JJ wants to do at that on that play. JJ has apparently some of the best. Not apparently. JJ has some of the best instincts ever for anybody that ever played defensive yeah. line. 
So he does things that no other defensive lineman will ever even be allowed to do. He'll shoot gaps. He'll run up the field more and he'll leave openings. He won't leave the edge. So the defense behind him is always kind of adjusted. JJ is going to make plays. JJ is going to make a play nine out of 10 times. But that one time, if you're not in the right position because of what JJ is doing, that's the position. That's the chance that the other team is going to have for a big play. So now JJ is going to have to, He's going to have to be a little bit of that role player sometimes because you've got Clowney who can make plays. You've you got Merciless. you okay with that? That's going to be interesting I'm to see. Sure. What do you think? He says the right things. JJ Obviously. always says the right he things. He will never make a mistake saying the wrong thing. You know, I'm, I don't know. I honestly don't know because he always says the right things, but then you look at his actions. You look at him going in the movies and the TV shows and He's enjoyed the celebrity. He's always said the right things, and I love JJ. Like, for a while there, JJ was the best part about watching the Texans. But he's also enjoyed everything that came with it. Hopefully he's, especially even after the year off, that he's going to swallow his pride, and he's going to realize that he doesn't have to be the best player on the field. And maybe that's the good thing about him getting injured, is he will now realize that he doesn't have to be the best player on the field. I think it's it's going to be interesting to see. I think there's there, there's really only two things that can happen this season. One, JJ comes back and he's 100% and he's the same player that we're used to seeing. And he's this dominant freak. And then Clowney and Merciless are just really, really, really good. Or Watt isn't what he was. Clowney has gotten better and somehow surpasses Watt as that guy on defense. Now, Clowney won't be what Watt was. No, I don't mean... But he could be... I I don't know if that's true. I I mean, I get what you're saying as far as, like, kind of where you line him up and and things like that, but if he continues to work on his pass rushing and is able to be as disruptive as we've seen him Mm -hmm. be on a consistent basis, I think he can be... Pretty close to what Watt was. Yeah. And if Watt's not 100%, it's a lot easier for Clowney to take that spot. I'm not saying he will, but I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that whole dynamic works out. Yeah. I think it's a great problem for us to have. Absolutely it is. <laughs> Absolutely it is. And I'm glad Clowney's coming around, and I'm glad glad Clowney's becoming the player that we all were hoping he would be, because honestly, I wasn't thrilled when we picked him. I, I really wasn't. I didn't want to take Clowney first overall. So, um I'm glad it's working out and hopefully it stays that way. Yeah. I'm always, I've always been incredibly biased towards Clowney. So yeah. Yeah. Not going to lie on that. So it's always hard for me to judge him compared to somebody else. But what was just so special and it was just a perfect storm of a lot of things. Um, Clowney, but Clowney can probably be on the same level as like a Von Miller or somebody like that. But what JJ Watt was for that stretch we may never see anything like that ever again. We've never, it's never happened before. No. It may never happen again. So let's just hope that that doesn't happen in JJ's back to JJ. Yeah. Cause that's but here's the thing. Scenario. The rest of the defense is better than when JJ was on that streak. So, well, yeah. Yeah. I think there's moments you can take from that streak though and say, like you take the Bengals playoff game Yeah, well, and you take, you know, you take things like that and it's like, well, are they better? Like, statistically, yes, they're better. 
but are they, they rise to the are occasion? They actually, yeah. can they in those specific situations can they make the impact JJ can? Because people could say whatever they want about JJ. When the moment's big, JJ's bigger. Well, That's been the just same. the way it is. It's been the same with Clowney. Um, I mean. And- I don't think well, it's in fair. college it was. In, that's what I like. I love the Raider play. We talked about it two weeks ago. It's an awesome play, but it was also against the Raiders without their starting. And he was eating Tom Brady alive. He was eating Tom Brady alive, but so was Merciless. Merciless actually had a better game than Clowney. Um, but it was against the Raiders. It was a backup quarterback. They came in defeated. Well, I mean, How just would it have been if Derek Carr was? Yeah. There? Well, just Clowney in college always knew like. The South Carolina Michigan game, the hit. Obviously. That was right after a fourth, a fourth and long play where Michigan probably mi- actually missed the first down by about six inches. Where everybody in the stadium, everybody on the broadcaster was just like, we're getting hosed. And our boy Swearinger is in the huddle throwing a fit. And Clowney just puts his hand on Swearinger and he's like, I got this. Next play causes a fumble. Um, earlier that year, we were playing Georgia. And it was a back and forth game with Georgia and Georgia, I think, was ranked in the top five at the time. And Georgia was starting to make a comeback. Clowney busts through, throws Aaron Murray to the ground, forces a fumble that another player scoops up and scores a touchdown on. Like those are just two off the top of my head. Like Clowney in college always had that sixth sense. It looks like he's beginning to develop in the NFL. This is what I'm saying when he's playing with purpose. Like you saw it a little bit against the Raiders or you saw it a lot of it against the Raiders. You did. He saw saw a little bit against the Patriots and that's when everything was just starting to click. Um, He, you saw it against the Bengals when we needed it to clinch. Yeah. So I think this year with Clowney, we're going to see something special out of him. And again, if Watt is anything like this is going to be a fun year. If, if we can get something special out of him, like we're talking and get that same special out of Watt, it's, it's not going to matter. I mean, hell, James, you could go play quarterback. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's not going to matter what happens at that point because this defense has the potential of – I really do believe that this defense has the potential of being as good or better than that Broncos team. I really do. I we think do. with where we're at on every single spot uh, on the defensive side of the ball, we're just so good at all of it almost, except for safety is our weakness area. But we've also always been able to plug someone in. Well, and even get our what weak we area out of them, we're just average. Like That's these aren't these aren't god awful. Like right. even like the Titans, like last year, where you can just okay, I'm going to throw at that person every time. Right. We don't have any of that going on. No. So I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. It, it it's really it's really hard that like that we have to wait so much longer because now uh, that we're talking about them putting on pads and doing all these things, like. It's just getting more and more exciting as if like we are almost there. And like you said, we're 10 days away from a preseason game, which. And I can't wait. Most people wouldn't. I can't wait. Uh, well, obviously, we can't wait. Um, and I'm like giddy here. I, 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 I love wait. the preseason. I actually I love do, it. too. I like to see the lower ends of the, the depth chart. I do, too. I, that's why I loved Hard Knocks so much, oh. especially when we were on it. It was just this awesome it was just this mm-hmm. thing i got to look forward to every week i, I was so ecstatic i even, i just rewatched it again like two weeks ago i'm watching hard knocks with and the all or nothing with the rams i like, watched it too it's football that's I, why yeah it's football it's football i mean 
If you have the Rams are the most boring team ever, but all or nothing actually all or nothing actually made it pretty entertaining. I like that better than Hard Knocks. I think. Yeah, the Cardinal season was great. It was so fun to watch. When does Hard Knocks start up this year? August eighth. August eighth. Good deal. Famous Jameis. That's going to be something else. It'll be a good. It'll be a good Hard Knocks. Worse, Mm -hmm. at least at the very least. It'll be it'll be entertaining. At least there's personalities on this team. Right, exactly. And you got Doug Martin and, and Jameis Winston and Gerald McCoy and and Quan Alexander and things like that. So it, it should definitely be interesting. You got Mike Evans and now you have Deshaun Jackson. So, I mean, yeah. there's definitely going to be some fun moments of Hard Knocks this year. Um, I think that's about it on training camp. I, I don't have anything else that I don't I don't think that we should have touched on that we didn't. John, is there anything else that we should have? Not yet. Maybe talked about no. Yeah, we still got a lot of training camp to go. Um, we'll uh, we'll definitely have something for you guys um, every week as we typically do. Um, but in, until then, I really appreciate you guys uh, tuning in this week. Make sure you guys go follow us at uh, TXNS underscore unfiltered on Twitter. Uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud. Uh, just search Texans Unfiltered and iTunes as well. Um, we just got uh, we're, we're trying to get as many reviews as possible. That really helps us out, even if they're negative things that you want to hear from us and things that we can do better. Um, so just, you know, shoot us a tweet. Tell us how you're, you you like it, what you don't like. We'll, we'll interact with you guys. Um, we're definitely not above any of that. So we're here for you guys. Make the most entertaining and informative podcast that we can. Um, and that's about it. Uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in. This is Texas Unfiltered. I'm Yanari Gold. We'll see you guys next week. Who's on parade? Who's on parade? Who's on parade? Stop it one second. I say, who's on parade? Got a mean D. And they on the hunt. Opponents.